0: what's up what's up what's up podcast world chat Belding back at you another episode of this life ain't for everybody remember we are brought to you by our friends in Lynchburg Tennessee the one and only one of the most iconic brands in the history of the world Jack Daniels sour mash whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. My guest today is showing me a bottle. It looks like a little shooter bottle off an airplane of Jack Daniels rye, maybe. And thank you, Jack Daniels, for supporting our culture of musicians, farmers, hunters, fishers, conservationists, providers, cookers, grillers, backyard aficionados. COVID has not been good in many ways, but one way it's benefited all of us is it's allowed us to be with our friends and family more in the backyard. Of course, Six feet apart on those Traeger, sipping on a nice highball of Jack Daniels sour mash whiskey. Lynchburg, Tennessee, close to Music City, where my guest today reigns. He's from the great state, the big sky country, God's country of Montana, but he made the move to Nashville, Tennessee a decade ago to live that honky tonk life, Midtown Broadway working his way up in the bars and then it spilled over into Texas, Oklahoma, all over the world. I've seen him live in Salt Lake City. I've seen him live in Kansas City, Missouri, the one and only, the Redbeard Assassin himself, Tim Montana. What's up, brother?
1: What's up, old boy?
0: Oh, your hat says old boy.
1: That's right, old boy. I was repping.
0: (laughs) So is is that shirt one that you got made for your wife's bachelorette party, or is it for the state?
2: (laughs) No, it's my buddy is a guy from Butte as well, Cole Anderson, uh, NFL player, did 10 years there. Him and Luke, best friends of mine from high school. They started this company called Uptop, and uh, they've been sending me shirts for like 10, 15 years. So I always support the brand. And having my last name on a shirt, you know, I think it's going to be ironic if I die in this shirt, because I'll be like, (laughs) ha, ha. Wow! Worked out, isn't it?
0: <laughs> That'd be kind of cool, though, actually.
2: Right? We found this dead body. He had his last name on his shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Easy to identify. Right. <laughs> so what's going on in your world? Let's start off with uh, the hat you're wearing. You and Chad Ward launched this brand, Old Boy. Is it taking off? Is it rolling? What do you got going? Apparel?
2: Yeah, we got an apparel line. We got uh, just T-shirts and hats right now. But it just was something. Uh, actually, the Pardews, when I came to the South, I'm very fascinated with Southern culture. Never been here until I moved here. And hearing those guys here's what's up, old boy, oh boy, oh boy, all day long. I'm like, that's kind of funny. Like, old boy, it means everything. It could mean like yes, it could be no, it could mean hello. Like, you don't <laughs> know what that means. I'm like, what a cool thing to put on a shirt. So the old boy lifestyle is like, you know, or can you get rowdy? You know, that type of thing. Like, are you one of them wild maniacs? That's the old boy thing, you know, not giving a shit. That's the old boy thing.
0: How so good we, of how I'm, good of a guy is Tim Pardue?
2: Oh man, the whole family, they're just great, great human beings. So, some of my best friends on earth. I love those guys.
0: And I got I was lucky enough to hang out at their duck camp with you this last fall in Arkansas with Trevor and his dad Tim and a bunch of people were there. Man, that camp is slick. Marion from Max was there. That was a good time.
2: Yeah, everybody's got a cool nickname. They got Mac and Peck and and uh what what's the other guy's name? Juder, I don't know if it's Juder or Jeter cuz I can't tell the southern accents. I have to oftentimes Have them write that down on a piece of paper.
0: (laughs) Yeah. With a bouncing ball. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Y'all come back now. Boy. Yeah. I love Arkansas, man. I'm just like you, man. I started, you know, humbling, humbling enough. I got to start going to the South in like 2008. And even a little bit before that going to memphis and but then I started going consistently to nashville and memphis and arkansas and Louisiana, mississippi Alabama, like you go down to the gulf shores and the Florida, and then all the way up to little rock and then the, you know The duck hunting country and the food and the the fires and the music and just the camaraderie the people that culture down there I've always said I wanted to be the adopted son of the south and I always brag about that And I, I love it, the way they talk. I love the way they eat. I love the way they sit around fires and socialize and I often say, man, like people like Rome, people have Europe, people like the Virgin Islands. I love the South, you know, the Southern part of the United States. I love it down there.
2: I can do without the heat. I mean, this is the first summer, probably since I've lived in Tennessee that I've been here in July or most of June. I usually go out to Montana, park the coach and try to work out of there because the heat man gets to me. I'm one one of them cold weather kinds. Uh, So I I don't know about the summertime stuff. The air conditioning is cranking
0: humidity too huh
2: oh god my my power bill looks like the griswolds on christmas vacation just spinning right now because it's 65 in here
0: <laughs> yeah the summer in the south is bad because of the humidity the heat and the cottonmouths i could do without all three of those during the summertime down there yeah <clears throat> you're probably I'm a snake a lover in with,
2: we had one run-in with a snake i think it was a cotton mouth my wife and kids had to deal with it thank god i wasn't put in harm's way <laughs> <laughs> It was on the river. It came up to him. I could hear him screaming all the way, probably a quarter mile upstream. And I could hear him screaming. I paddled down quick. But yeah, they had to run in. I haven't had one myself. So knock on wood.
0: In the last podcast I had you on, we talked about your association and friendship with Mr. Billy F. Gibbons of ZZ Top and Whisker Bomb Pepper Sauce Hot Sauce that you guys launched. That brand's taken off. It's now, since that podcast, it's on retail shelves and available to the public, correct?
2: In the state of Texas, it's in select HEBs, um, and sales online are just crazy right now. Uh, that's whiskerbomb.com. we got two flavors, Have Mercy, our original gold. Um, and the other day, sales started blowing up even more, and I'm like, hey, Billy, I called him. I'm like, did you do like a press release or something? Is there something that came out I don't know about? Because we've been getting LA Weekly and really big press hits. And he goes, no. And I'm like, dude, it's like every couple seconds, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And I'm like, I have a little app on my phone that tells me, you know? And it turns out Ted Nugent got a hold of it and did this video, and he's like, "I don't ever post about other people's products, but oh my god, it just did this whole thing, and his fan base just freaked out over it." So,
0: well, that's awesome, huh?
2: Yeah, old Uncle Ted. Now I have a text thread with Billy and Ted, and it is the most amazing rock star text thread where I just these guys are like, "Yo, woo!" All these little words they say back and forth to each other. And I just crack up. Like, I just like watching this. This is just hilarious.
0: I'd like to be a fly on the wall when they both sat there and like wrote their book of their career and what went down on some of those, those rock and roll nights.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I got to, uh, chat with those guys about some studio stuff. It was pretty cool. Like, Hey man, were you there in 78 in New Orleans and blah, blah, blah. I was on this tour and I'm just sitting there just like jaw dropped, like salivating, like
1: no way.
0: Just crazy yeah Z- ZZ Top was awesome I mean but Ted Nugent like he's <clears throat> he's been there done that and for a long time too I mean the the ZZ Top band's been around what year were they come around 68 did they get together
2: 68, 69. they're the longest band in the history of the world to have the same lineup for the longest time 50 years there's no band in the history they're in the Guinness Book of Records for longest band with the same lineup. so 50 years same three guys and as Billy says same three chords <laughs>
0: what what did you think of that documentary
2: Oh my God. Uh, which, which time that I watched it,
0: did yeah, I think
2: <laughs> I put that thing on? My kids are finally like, dad, we don't have to watch this every night before bed. Enough. <laughs> I loved it, man. Going down, you know, the rabbit hole and hearing more about Frank and Dusty was pretty cool, you know, and their upbringing and how they met Billy. And then seeing that Billy even told me, he's like, dude, I didn't know that footage of me and Jimi Hendrix existed. Like I, I've asked him, I was kind of weird the first time I was like, man, can I ask you about Jimi Hendrix? And he's like, yeah. And he told me these stories and I'm like, wow. And he goes, keep asking me questions. You're making me remember things about my friend. And I'm just in there like, okay, (laughs) think of of questions quick. Oh my God. you got his attention. But seeing that old footage of Billy and Jimi was, was really cool. so. So
0: awesome. I, there was, I think it was you that was telling me, or what somebody was telling me that Jimi Hendrix was on a talk show And he was asked the question, what's it feel like to be the greatest guitar player in the world? And he says, I don't know. You need to call Billy Gibbons down in Texas and ask him.
2: Yeah. Have you heard that story? I've heard that story too. But you go on the internet and there's a lot of chat rooms that try to say he said that about somebody else. But then there is a video that just surfaced. And there's nothing that has Jimmy specifically saying that. But there is like an interview. So it's like one of those rock and roll rumors. But I'm pretty sure it's true. Because at that time, Jimi Hendrix was really in love with Billy Gibbons' guitar playing. So...
0: So it's not a hundred percent in stone that that was said, but th- there's some facts leading towards it.
2: Yes. I've done a lot of research on it and Billy's pretty sure it's true, but I mean, that was in the sixties. I mean, when did Hendrix die? 69. So yeah. that was, you know, a long, 67, long time. 67 maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. No, cause I think Billy was on that tour with him and, Hit that Google machine. Oh, boy, we got them supercomputers in our pocket. Come on, son.
0: I know. I need an assistant to be doing this while we're talking about it and be, like, feeding it into my headphones like Roman's guy.
2: Back checking us on, like, media, other sources of media.
0: (laughs) Jimi Hendrix death.
2: I want to say it was 69. I'm going to guess 69. Come on.
0: September 7th,
1: 18th, 1970. Ah, we're both wrong.
0: But you got it on Barb Barker. Price is wrong, bitch. (laughs) hey they they, um were you a fan of zz tops music growing up because one thing that i learned that really caught my attention that documentary montana was i really did get into zz top because of the eliminator in the car and the videos on mtv and that documentary alluded to the fact that mtv like really took them from you know famous to just like superstardom is that what you got out of it
2: 100 it was crazy to see a band you know at that doesn't happen to where a band's been around for 20 25 years and then all of a sudden this new network happens and you saw in the documentary they were like hey man check out this this tv program that's on and they, they all t- called each other and they turned it on and then they're like god how long is this program they didn't know it was a channel they thought it was just a show <laughs> And they're like, 24 hours of music videos and then one of them was like let's make a music video and they, they made those three music videos and blew up and skyrocketed And i think they're one of the first bands to go diamond or something not the first bands but like they went diamond for michael jackson there's some crazy facts into how many records uh, copies of eliminator they sold due to mtv and those visuals and the beards and the glasses and you know and you go back and look at billy's past and you know and, and show business and it's it was very thought out thing but they just hit the big time with that mtv deal so
0: yeah it's almost like they developed like they were characters. There's a lot of bands that aren't characters to me. Like when I think about Lars and Kirk and James, Metallica is not characters. They're just, uh, you know. There's a lot of bands I would, but Billy, as real as they were and as badass musicians they were, they were almost unicorns. Like, are they real? Do they really dress like that and have the shades on and the beards? And do they really just have this drummer that kind of doesn't look like the other? I mean, it was kind of a, like a, a unicorn kind of feel for me growing up. Like, I really never. Cause I didn't get to see them live, so I didn't really know that they were like a like a real band. They were almost like characters to me. I don't know if that sounds right to you or not.
2: Yeah. Well, they also had that, and it talks about the documentary, that mystery and mystique around them. Because, you know, Billy's told me back in the day their manager was like, No interviews, no nothing. Speak through the music and that's it. And don't let them in the beards and the glasses. Don't let them see what's behind that. You know, just be these mysterious dudes that are in the videos that poof and smoke. And I asked Billy about that and you know, when I first met him, there's no documentary on earth about ZZ Top, this massive band from Texas. And he just looked at me as a brother protect your castle well.
1: <laughs> True that's
0: too. Like, wow. It's It's surprising.
2: I'm on a podcast. Wait a minute. <laughs> it's,
0: it's, it's surprising that, yeah, that you're on here with that school of thought and that Billy has like an Instagram page, you know, you wouldn't think that. Yeah, it's
2: a different time now, you know. Different
0: time, right? Speaking yeah, now of people that, want to you,
2: know what, what you had for breakfast, what your breath tastes like, and they don't trust you.
0: It's crazy, but it's good for branding in ways. As long as you're, as long as the etiquette's there, it's, it's a two way street and a double edged sword for me, man. I'm like, I hate it, but then you got to have it. But I don't put a lot of my personal stuff out there, but some people do and they are fine with it. It's just, it's just to each their own on it. But you know, the MTV and the the videos and the Eliminator, that's kind of played a role in your life lately too, because you seem to have a great uh, rapport with cmt and country music and rock and roll videos you've produced some videos with some hollywood actors you've produced them with other musicians you were uh, yeah i remember there was some talks of a tv show we'll talk about that and see if that's still in the works but um do music videos still count are people watching them? Is it like a, a housewife or a babysitter during the day that's playing the station on on continuous repeat because they just want to hear the music? Um, in MTV days, you were like, "Man, there's Blackie Lawless, a Wasp, and and there's Dee Snider, a Twisted Sister." Man, look at these guys; they're really there, like running through the house and saying, "We're not going to take it." Does the, does the video still play a role in the overall branding of Tim Montana, country musicians? Are people tuning in for that? Are they going on YouTube and putting in, you know, "Son of a Song." And watching a video or mostly stoned, or what is the reason for videos still around in 2020?
2: Um, I think they're a lot different than it used to be. You know, MTV was kids would sit at home and they get influenced and go buy concert tickets. I don't feel like that's so much anymore. They're not as powerful as they used to be, but that being said, I've opened a whole can of worms with I was like, I want to do really cool, unique videos that have hidden things. And that's probably for me watching ZZ Top stuff. It was like mysterious and weird and the mostly stone video. They're more like Easter eggs in that. If you watch that music video three times, you'll take away three different point of views, you know, because Charlie Sheen wrote it and he had something in his head and I wrote the song and I had something in my head. And we really tried to capture the little kid with the birthday cake. What does that mean? He's blowing up the house at the end. Why is there a classroom full of dummies? And I don't want to give the video away, but that was really fun to me. And even Hillbilly Rich, some of the stuff in there that we did with helicopters. I always wanted to go big with videos. And now like going to the next steps of my career, I'm like people are like, don't stop doing whatever you're doing with those music videos because that was like really cool. And part of the Tim Montana brand It's like you can click on YouTube and see some crazy stuff that he does. Um, but it's helped me find a lot of audience. I mean, during the, uh, the COVID thing, the quarantine, my videos like exploded online, like numbers are going up like crazy. Uh, I think, uh, mostly stone just hit like 2.2, 2.3 million views. And that quarantine video had millions of views and blew up in Russia and all other work. And so YouTube has been huge for artist discovery where my numbers have gone like this versus down, you know, usually you're not touring. Your numbers go down because you're, you know, people aren't seeing you on a nightly basis, but online building all that content I've built over the last five years kind of paid off accidentally, you know, cause everyone's at home and everyone's looking at the computer. So.
0: How, how do you meet Charlie Sheen? You mentioned Charlie Sheen wrote the video for mostly stone. I know you have a friendship. He's a dear friend of you. How does that start? And why was he interested in the career? Did you guys just get into discussion? And he liked the idea mostly stone because you know, Charlie has that reputation of winning and all the stuff he was doing at one time, but what kind of guy is he? How do you meet him? How do you become friends? Is it a legitimate friendship and, and, and where do you guys, is it, what's he up to today?
2: Yeah, so it goes back, oh, most of my contacts I've made came from a guy named Rob O'Neill, a retired Navy SEAL from Montana. So first time I ever got played on the radio was his brother, older brother's the DJ in my hometown, Butte, Montana. So he started playing my song, Butte, America, and I went in to do my first radio interview. I'm like 19 years old, and I see a picture of a guy in camel on the wall. I'm like, who's that? He's like, that's my little brother. I'm like, what's he do? He's like, he's a Navy SEAL. And I'm like, no way, what team? And he's like, I have no idea. I see him once a year. He goes and tells us what he does, where he's been goes back to work. And so I said, can I send him music? So I started shipping this guy music overseas. And then he got out and ran into my wife in the airport and said, tell Tim he's along for a ride. And I appreciate him taking care of my family before he knew who I was. Turned out to be the guy that killed Bin Laden, Rob O'Neill, um, big Fox News guy, uh, you know, commentator. He's working on a new TV show that's going to come out. It's going to be amazing. But anyway, so he's just Anytime he meets somebody cool, he's like, dude, you got to check out my favorite musician, Tim. So he has set up more shit. I'm more grateful for that guy. I mean, he's done so much amazing, amazing stuff for me in my career. But he got reached out to by Charlie because Rob joined the Navy after he watched the movie Navy Seals, with Charlie Sheen. So then Charlie caught wind of this and said, I had something to do with killing Bin Laden by inspiring the dude that pulled the trigger. <laughs> so he wanted to meet him. Had him out to LA. And of course, Rob said, check out Tim's music. And all of a sudden someone goes, Look at Twitter and Charlie Sheen tweeted something about Hillbilly Rich being the best video he'd ever seen or something. I forget what the tweet was. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it started blowing up. And everyone's like, dude, how did you get him to do that? And I'm like, I don't know. So about a year later, I go to L.A. And I was like, dude, I just want to thank you and meet you. And so I went up, met him. I brought Gibbons with me. And we went up to his house, hung out. And uh, I think I either sent him mostly stoned or played him mostly stoned. And I was like, dude, we should do something on this video. And he's like, what? And I'm like, you should direct it. I don't know. It's just weird. And he's like, I've never directed anything. And he goes, let me write a, a treatment for it. And he wrote me this treatment that I'm just like, whoa, like, I don't know how we're going to pull this off. And so we went back and forth for months and got him, <clears throat> excuse me, got him to Nashville. And we filmed in Watertown over two days. And it was an incredible experience. And he's a great human being. He's been sober, I think. <laughs> excuse me two or three years um which is amazing i think the guy's inspiring to anyone out there that's you slamming a beer right now
0: <laughs> oh, it's a diet dr pepper <laughs>
2: oh damn it <laughs> he's, been <sober. laughs> he's been sober for a couple of years right now um and it's funny because he's my go-to drunk dial and he's like tim you know i'm never gonna pick up your call past 9 p.m california time he's like i know what the deal is And he's like, but I find it wildly amusing that in your drunk brain you still try every single time. (laughs) Click
0: and click. I'll give you my my favorite Charlie Sheen movie of all time, or my favorite Charlie Sheen line, and you tell me if you got the movie. They got chili dogs over there.
2: That major league?
0: Yep. <laughs> when they're in the restaurant, in that French restaurant with Tom Beringer, and he's like, I'll order. Charlie Sheen's got the cutoff sleeves. He's like, they got chili dogs over there. <laughs> that dude, that movie is the all time greatest baseball movie. But as far as comedies go, it was freaking genius, man. I just wish they yeah. wouldn't have done two or three or whatever they did. But part one with Snipes and Sheen, and I mean, amazing movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's, an, and Sheen is like a legit. Baseball, wealth of knowledge. Uh, Him and my, I don't, I don't know a lot about sports, but him and my manager go back and forth all the time. Like he knows who's at training camp and who's there and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm just like, who got a touchdown? Oh boy, (laughs) who got?
0: wrong sport tim wrong sport yeah. so you know you, you you start to spread your wings you may mention that your career is going in a different direction now um you know because of this fan base this content you've been building we got some news we got some hype that's coming up the garage that you're sitting in right now is being turned into a photo studio for dot 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 go ahead tim
2: uh i signed a record contract here in february or march um with Music Knox, Broken Bow Records. So Michael Knox is the producer of Jason Aldean, along with many other bands, a giant producer here in town. And so he got me over at Broken Bow. We worked the deal out, which Broken Bow is not part of BMG Records, Um, was acquired recently. So I'll be joining the roster over there with Aldean and and Zach Brown and Kid Rock and Dustin Lynch. And so, you know, it's it's a pretty crazy time, man. I I didn't think this was going to happen. I'm 35 years old and I've been hustling hard in nashville since i was 21 and shut down i was even shut down by those guys several times (laughs) and was just kind of the minute i took that out of my mind of like all right and you know working with brands i'm sure we'll get into that here in a bit but that was kind of where i found my survival is like all right, i can be a good brand person i know i can you know do this and they can help pay for my tour i can build my own band off brand supporting me to you know be my own thing and, you know, I won't get a record deal, so I won't try anymore. And the minute I kind of just went into work philosophy mode of, like, let's just crush and build it on our own, the minute they came in with an offer, and I was like, wow. And they were just, you know, it was, it was a really good deal. So we took it. We're taking the announcement photograph today, and we were supposed to do it in front of the BMG building on Music Row, and Polaris is going to line up all these rigs, and all the executives are going to sit in them. But that damn virus, man, they said, you're going to have to take the photo at your house. <laughs> I'm like... Well, this isn't what I dreamed of when I was a eight year old kid, and was like, "I'm going to get a record deal someday. I'm going to do that photo, blah blah blah." Now I'm at my house doing it, but hey, man, I can't complain. It's it's a unique opportunity. We're doing it a little different, everybody, and that's right on brand for me—is doing things a little different. And couldn't be happier and more honored to join the roster. So,
0: well, congratulations, bro. That's freaking awesome, man. Ten years in Nashville's paying off with the hard work, putting you yourself out there, here, flying now. the flag. What's yeah. that?
2: 14 years now,
0: 14 years. You went there when you're 21 years old, said, I'm going to go try this. What, uh, what's the plan? You're going to go in the studio soon. or you right? Well, let's start with that. I've, I've heard rumors that I might know some of your songwriters or your co-writers. Is this true? And who may some of those be?
2: Well, I got your friend, old Brent Cobb on there, boy.
0: <laughs> is he going to make the, is he got a cut on there?
2: Oh yeah. You got a cut on there. We got a, a really cool thing. And I haven't had a lot of uh, luck zoom writing. It's just, I'm kind of an energy guy and trying to write a song on a computer is just like, "Uh, this is really strange. But I had one I started because these dudes were Brian Bowen Smith is a big Hollywood photographer. He's taken Vanity Fair and crazy photographs, you know, and knows every celebrity on Earth because he photographs them. And he's on our he kind of pimps the Traeger stuff in Hollywood. Got us Josh Brolin and Tiffany Haddish and some great uh, actors and actresses. But uh, he was coming through doing these pictures out of his old 65 Ford truck. And he's putting a book together of photos he took in quarantine, of people quarantining. And then he's going to sell the book and donate all the money to low-income families that lost someone so you know, from the virus. So he pulls up, takes it, and goes, hey, man, can you make up a song right now about, about what we're doing? And I just was like, good folks doing good things. And it was something called good things. And I worked on a chorus and I was like, okay, it's cool. I got a verse chorus. And then the next day I had my first Brent Cobb write with uh, Eric Dillon and we're kind of scratching our heads. I'm like, well, this one I started yesterday and I kind of explained why and, you know, with what's going on in the world with, you know, the, the police thing happening with George Floyd. I'm like, let's just spread positivity. You know, let's just be positive at this time. That's all I can do. You know, I'm not one of those guys. It's like, I don't want to put an opinion out there. I just want to put good vibes out there. Like be a good person and good things will happen to you, hopefully. And so we just wrote this song called, uh, good folks doing good things. By God. That's all good by me. And just a message of like, do good shit, you know, be a good person and do the best you can. And that's the best you can do, you know, uh, but it's a really cool song. And then two days later it got cut for the record and I was like, that some bitch just snuck on my record. I knew did, it.
0: You, did you like writing with him?
2: Yeah. I just didn't want to do it. Cause he's your friend. That was the only reason I didn't want to write with him,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but he is good.
2: Oh, he's really good, man. He's great. He's I just saw he was in a car accident. I was like, oh my God, that sucked. Yeah, broke God, his, his collarbone,
0: okay. and his son was in there with him. They got T boned in a four way. God, I
2: and got T boned in we- a four way, but it looks a little different.
0: <laughs> hey, <laughs> now we're a comedian.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I thought this like, was, I'm I thought funny.
0: this. So, what, where do you, where do you it's So, Broken Bow, this is, uh, this is part of, um, There's night train records off of it is 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 Aldine's label, and then he's signing artists to that. But you're actually part of the Broken bow uh, portfolio. You're saying
2: I'm so Jason Aldine's producer is Michael Knox since day one,
1: and
2: everyone has been produced Mike's, and he's kind of put that band together, camp together. So he has an imprint as well. They're called imprints. So Aldine got night train and then Knox said, Hey man, you know, I brought you Aldine back in the day. We developed him. Let me do this again. And then Knox found me and we became fast buddies. And so he's producing the record. He's A&R in the record and he's, he's just a great dude, man. Um, and his dad's the famous 50, 60 singer, buddy Knox. So his, he grew up in the business. Um, but yeah, so it's, so this, the, here's the crazy thing is we're, we haven't announced the record deal and the record is done. Like we've spent quarantine just writing and David Lee Murphy, they, he's been able to get me with massive, amazing writers, you know, the David Lees and Brent Cobbs and Eric Dylans and just, you know, Michael Wilshires, all these guys have been working with, uh, just next level writers. And we really like honed in a sound that is different than anything on the radio. Um, and those things are either scary, either it sails hard or it sings hard, but I just have confidence this fucker is going to sail real hard. Um, and we just poured our heart and soul into it and we got 16 new tracks and I'm, there's not one song that I'm not stoked about on this whole record. You know, I thought, I'm like, don't make me sell out. I mean, I'll sell out a little bit, but I don't want to sell out. And then when we got in the studio, I'm like, oh, sweet. I didn't even have to sell out a little bit. Like, this is totally Tim Montana, Northwest country rock, man. So I'm excited.
0: So can you tell us the name of the album or the first single?
2: I don't know yet. Uh, I want to call the album Long Shots just because I think – My entire life was a long shot. Me getting a record deal was a long shot. Me breathing right now is a long shot.
0: (laughs) 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 Is there a (laughs) song on there called Long Shots?
2: There is a song called Long Shots. Long Shots, last calls, good old boys like me. Had to wait a long time to find mine, knock me on my knees. (laughs) So Knock me off my feet. Wait a minute. Knock me off my feet.
0: Knock you off your feet. You're usually on your knees is what you're trying to tell the audience.
2: Whipping that ass, man. Putting you in that full Nelson. Now, why don't you tell
0: why don't you tell the audience about your little excursion with me when you thought you were a tough guy, Tim Montana? Oh, uh
2: that Seagram, Seagram is seven. Oh, that, me. Oh, I need another shot at the champ when I'm sober. Or maybe, you know what? I have no aggression whatsoever when I'm sober, but three drinks in, I'm convinced that I'm Randy Couture with Hendo, with Mendez. Like I'm like, oh, I am a
1: superbiotic man.
2: And then you put me on a motorcycle and I'm convinced that's mixed with Pastrana, where I can like ride off and fight you. And uh, so, yeah, I wrestled a boy, uh, Chad, here at, uh, at Duck Camp, and he got the best of me. And I was like, you did a leg kick on my ass. And I remember, like, as I was going down in that, you know, point oh oh three seconds before my face hit the ground, I was like, Jesus, that was – I was just, like, trying to play wrestle. <laughs> and
0: like, come on! He's, like, pulling
2: Bruce Lee shit on my ass. He put my head into a wall. But the best part, you know, he may have won the battle, but he didn't win the war because the next day I sent him a picture – I had like a scope done a couple of months beforehand. So I was in a hospital gown with an IV in, passed out. So Trevor <laughs> goes get
0: to the hospital, man. <laughs> he flipped out. Oh dude, I ran I was in a podcast at max Prairie wings. And I said, guys, I got to get out of here for a second. You guys got me so good. I was, oh, I haven't you talked. Said- I, don't think, I don't think I'll ever talk to Trevor again after he pulled that on me. <laughs> that was scary so the so is there a release date with quarantine is it slowed down is it being pushed back is it do you know when you're going to push to radio
2: that's what's tough man is now they're talking about how to do a radio tour without physically going in person which you know i think i'm going to kill the in-person stuff i'm gonna be good at that you know i can i can my brother told me i have a gift he's like, i don't know like what kind of gift this is but you're the kind of guy that can get a, a nun to yell the F-word and go to a strip club with you. <laughs> He's like,
0: like, that's a talent. Man. That's a talent.
2: So uh, I was really looking forward to a radio tour. I don't know if I was gonna get pushed out or if it's gonna go over Zoom calls or how that's gonna look or what the mar- I asked them, I said what the mar- what is the marketing plan? And they said they let the music drive the marketing plan, not the other way around. So once everyone gets the music, listens to it, then they say, All right, here's what we can do. Uh, we got a really cool action sports song on there called Do It Fast. The key to hard living is to do it fast that uh, Pastrana is going to be involved with. He said it's his favorite song. and I played it up at his place over the fourth. Uh, so there's just really cool stuff on there. I don't know the plan yet. We're going to sit down here in the next couple weeks. weeks. Uh, it's mixing right now. Record's done, but it's off to mix. And so then once we get it back, we master it and take it to the label and play it for him. So.
0: Wow, man, how exciting. Are you... Um... <laughs> putting any of the stuff that we're familiar with or any of your older songs that weren't, uh, you know, that weren't released or anything going to be on there's mostly stone going to be on here. Any of those?
2: No, no. So that was a completely separate, uh, I had empire records put that out. It's an independent hip hop label in San Francisco and they did a great job. Um, they called me to announce that I officially recouped that. And I'm like, no shit. I mean, it wasn't a big money deal, but we recouped on that. So they're stoked. And, uh, so that's out there. Everything you're going to hear on the new record is Brand new, brand new stuff I wrote, you know, pretty much every, it was kind of eye opening. I'm like, check out this song, Knox. And he's like, Nope. And I'm like, how about this one? I'm so excited. He's like, Nope. And I'm like, Oh my God, this guy sucks. And then he's like, well, I'm going to have to have you cut a bunch of outside songs. And the minute that guy sent me a Dropbox of other people's songs, you know, you know what I hate worse or the, the thing I hate the most in this world is other people's songs.
0: <laughs> Performing them.
2: Right. Right. I, I'm not saying, I, but just like being told to put that on your album. And I, Shouldn't say it like that. At some point I might cut an outside song, but I'm like, man, being a songwriter, my first record to have to cut a bunch of songs that I didn't write, was just really, I'm like, I don't know. It's going to be like a step kid that I don't love. I'm going to be like, here's blah, 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 blah. I'm going to get shit can and play it wrong for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, But then I just got with all this, a lot of the writers that wrote the songs they sent me. And I was like, all right, but I say things differently too. That was the thing is there was a lot of y'alls and Southern stuff. And I'm like, you know, I like that stuff. I'm I'm enamored by Southern culture. I love it, but I'm from a different place. I want to say things like we do. And, you know, we snowmobile, we elk hunt. I just want to, you know, talk about, you know, racing stuff and, and, and things like that. So I was able to get all 16 songs I'm a co-writer on, which was a pretty big accomplishment to get on there. It's like, this is the hardest record I've ever written for in my life. And it's my own record.
0: So tell me about the day that Knox actually goes, yep. Cause you're like, Here's one, no, here's one, no. And then do you remember like when he's finally letting you in of saying this one can this one's radio worthy or this one's album worthy?
2: Yeah, hang on one sec. I love some
1: jackass was calling me.
2: Yeah, I'm back. Um, I think it was like right towards the end. There was one song that he wanted on the album, and he's like, Man, this one's hard to beat. And I think I got I slid long shots on there, and I was like, Man, this is so personal, like. I don't think I'm supposed to be here. And this was like a long shot that I met you long shot that we got this deal done. The song's like special to this album and it means the world to me. And, and he told me, his dad told him, never make an artist sing a song they don't want to sing because they're going to have to sing it for the rest of your life, their lives. And that's the meanest thing you could ever do to somebody. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. So like last minute, we got that song on there. And then we wrote a song called bar band. That is uh, he thinks is going to be a pretty big song. Um, We're pretty excited about that. That sounds like
0: one that you would write with DLM. Which one's DLM on?
2: He wrote do it fast. He wrote cowboy or be a cowboy. Um, He wrote doing everything right. Um, I think he's got like four cuts on there. God, David Lee Murphy taking advantage of me. That's messed up.
0: He's the best of all time, is he? He is the
2: greatest. He is the goat. No joke. We had a 90s dance party and I FaceTimed him like 13 times. The dance party, of course, went like three days. (laughs) uh, I FaceTime him like 13 times And I'm like he's having no part Of this shit (laughs) And Knox is like yeah it used to be you Like 20 years ago he knows what you're up to Don't mess with that guy he's earned the right to not answer That call
0: so, so this theme is kind of uh, is trending now with Sheen and now DLM and now the Tim Montana nostalgia is making people put you into voicemail on first ring, Tim. So I think you might need to pump the brakes a little bit on your cor- on your block parties and your dance parties and stuff. Dude,
2: the best, I'll tell you another funny Charlie Sheen story is, he goes, we need to, I said, we need to come up with a code in case it's after 9 o'clock and it's an emergency. And <laughs> so... We came up with this text message that was like star five five. If I text that it means it's an emergency call. <laughs> so this is like a month or two ago, but maybe longer. Uh, forgive forget what it was. We're hanging out, you know pop singer Kobe Calais? Yeah. She lived here in Nashville, she's awesome, awesome chick. And uh I was like, Oh my god, I'm drunk, like we should FaceTime Charlie. And she's like, Oh my god, I've never met him. And I don't know if that's how it went down or if I just said, FaceTime with Charlie, which is probably more likely. (laughs) But apparently I sent off the Star (laughs) (laughs) 5-5. And he immediately calls and goes, what's up? And I started singing songs to him, And everybody's hooping and hollering. And the next day I get a text. Actually, I'll read you the text because it's pretty damn amazing. This was pretty funny. The next day I'm like, oh, God, have I gone too far? Is this it for us? He says, um... Let's see. Uh, the Star 5-5 callout was supposed to be for emergencies, Tim. Imagine if Commissioner Gordon fired out the bat signal one night, and when Batman showed up, Commissioner Gordon was fucked up and playing a guitar. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no.
0: Have you talked to him since?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good sport. He gets a kick out of it. You know, I'm, I I think in my drunk mind, I'm like, if anybody can handle this, it's Charlie, because I know he's probably done this before.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would imagine he could. I mean, he was he he lived it for a minute. So this the whole the whole idea of the record and, and going to radio and everything. Um, what what does that do lo, lo, lo right now as far as you can't really go out and support it with a tour? you're not going to be able to sell tickets for, we don't know what's going on. I've heard even rumors of the beginning of 2021 might be on hold for a minute. Live nations had some announcements out there. Um, Is the label nervous to put it out and not have any support behind it? Or do you think that the internet and the streaming and the YouTubes and the videos and all that is going to be enough to carry it into where, when COVID's potentially released?
2: That's the tricky part. Uh, No one has, you know, no one can see the future and tell this, but I don't know. I feel like there's going to be some people that come out of this thing swinging the ones that, you know, I don't know what that formula is, or the ones that are going to come out swinging and maybe not being a giant arena band is going to be a really good time to be a club band because those are going to come back first. But I also have my brother who's a virologist. That's a Coronavirus expert I talked to this morning that gave me kind of a gloom outlook on everything. And I was like, Oh, my God, but I mean, I really think it's going to go into 2021. So Hopefully, we can figure out a way to just. I want to keep feeding that fire that we got going, um, and try to put something out in the fall. That's kind of our plan now. That's all going to depend on the labels, you know, where they're at. Uh, but we want to try to put something out in the fall. Hopefully, it's a rowdy music video that can keep it going and just keep, you know, the content going. And if we can get it to radio single to go out, that'd be amazing as well. But I'm going to follow their lead. They've they've done this before. I've not on the radio front, so I think they're going to know. Um, but yeah, so we'll see, man. It's tough. And that quarantine song, that thing ended up clicking, you know, during the quarantine, quarantine, during quarantine, the one I did with uh, Matt Best. And I think that had three and a half million, somewhere between six and 10 million views in like a couple months. That song was viewed online and went like number four on cross genre charts in Russia. And people are sending me videos of these Russian bands playing the song and making their own tribute videos. And one of them I was going to share, and I was like, hey, these guys are speaking a different language, and you know, they're kind of they're a little scary-looking, a couple of them. And I'm like, what are you guys saying? Can you send me a translation? I don't want to make sure I'm putting some propaganda out there. Yeah. And so this was actually a Ukrainian band, and he goes, well, we changed one lyric. We said, uh, wear your masks, you sons of bitches, so we can defeat the Russians. <laughs> and my manager's like, hey, dude, remember that time you wrote a song and started another war? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Wow. So that was pretty wild getting that thing to click you know and that was just something me and matt best did and got all these people to send in cameos and um yeah that was that was a weird weird deal but it got discovery of my other videos and streams up and it's just like someone described music and songs and content as a balloon like a helium balloon that's almost out of helium you just gotta like pop it and it's gonna slowly come down and what's your neck thing pop it and then it's like <laughs> and pop it again and see if you can get it way up there and maybe the winds will take it away <laughs>
0: No, it's true. I mean, you, it's, it's a full-time job, man. It's and you've done a great job at it. Do you, are, do, is there any more talks of what you showed me in Salt Lake city last year on that pilot deal?
2: Yeah. So we're actually going to film again in August. Obviously COVID has slowed all that down. Um, I'm doing a show right now on YouTube for velocity outdoor. Uh, it's uh, they, those guys on Raven crossbows and Five Eleven, 11 and uh, what else saying Liberty safes uh crosspoint benjamin a lot of different companies i need to hook you up with old russ over there but so i've done two episodes of that our first one hendo was on there and then the second one we had lee bryce and filmed at the uh, centurion farm party place that just came out last week so i'm doing that in the in the you know meantime before i start doing a network thing but we're going to start filming again in mid-august with a new company texas crew we're going to come work with this so it'll be good
0: and is the, is it, did they already buy some episodes? Is it going to go to, to network for sure?
2: No, there's no guarantee on that. We've got heavy, heavy interest people that want it. Um, but we're going to cross that bridge and get there. So, I don't so what care.
0: about, what about the album? Is there, is there been a, um, has there been anything leaked out that you've got any feedback yet? Is there any like radio executives in the radio world or the guys that push the buttons and manhandle and iron man, the town of Nashville and music city? Have they gotten any word of this yet?
2: Top secret. They call Michael Knox. His nickname is Fort Knox, meaning you will not hear shit until he is ready. <laughs> he threatened me. He's like, I know how you are. You partying some bitch.
0: <laughs> yeah, you'll be facetiming like, people.
2: Yeah, it's like, better not be sent to anybody. But uh, I've played a couple songs when I'm hammered for a bunch of people, like five times in a row. Like, come on, man, tell me this ain't a hit. This ain't a hit. I'll tell you what.
0: So nothing's been out there. So oh, is there no- a re- is there a release date yet for the album? So, no. if so, did, is are people allowed to know that you have an album coming and there, there is a record deal?
2: Yeah, yeah, because this will come out. We're doing the announcement photo today. So, if you were to put this out today, I'd get in trouble. But the announcement will be like next week in top within 10 days from now. The announcement will come out.
0: Yeah, well, send me some of the detail or some of the graphics and stuff so I can pump it out to our audience All as well. Right. Now,
2: there's not, we don't have an album cover. Here's the crazy thing is like no one even over at Broken Bow has heard it. The only one that's heard it is Michael Knox, me, and a a couple people that are in the studio. He likes to wait till it's completely finished. He's got that old school, which I like. You know, a lot of guys are like, play it for everybody, send off rough mixes. And it's like, it was described to me a long time ago. It's like, a chef is not going to say, hey, eat my chocolate chip cookie. Let me know what you think before I add the chocolate chips. Yeah, It's like, you want people to hear it when it's done, completed, because you don't want a bunch of people being like, well, it needs this and that and that. Like, this is my masterpiece. If you like it, cool. If you don't. Cool, I love it. You know,
1: type of deal.
0: Any guest appearances? Will we see the bearded Billy Gibbons ripping a guitar on one of the songs, or any of your uh, other buddies?
1: As of now, no.
2: As of now, no. Wow, maybe, really? Yeah, yeah. This is one of those things. He's like, you know, I've I've done that with a lot of my friends, and fortunate for it. But he's like, I want you to make this. You know, the Tim Montana debut. Uh, we might, you know, do that. Might change with music videos, but everything's open right now. It's very infancy stages. The music's getting mixed and you know i know the song list and proud of it but so far marketing plan and guest appearances nothing
0: there was one time when i when i barely knew you that you uh you got to go on hold on a second i gotta get the name of it right the wrap-up show on Howard Stern with John, John and Baba Bowie. Um, What was that experience like? Did you get to meet Howard when you're up there? Did he just get out of his, out of the studio and go into, into his green room once he was gone?
2: Dude, Howard has a top secret elevator. I did find that out. Like no one gets to see when Howard comes and goes. It is his, his, his way. Like just sneaks into an elevator down and gone. And so I did not get to even see Howard. He wasn't even, I think he was, maybe in the studio, but uh, the interview was really cool. And backstage, it was just cool to see I have a picture of it. It's like Howard Stern welcomes Tim Montana with my photo. And it was like probably 10 in the morning and they had Budweiser tall boys And I'm like, did you talk to my wife? <laughs> 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 so we smashed a couple beers, but then they started talking about sports. And I told them before, I'm like, guys, I literally know nothing about sports, period, across the board. Like I, don't, I never grew up watching them, know nothing about them. So if you if you listen to that interview, it's funny. When they start talking football, I'm just like dead quiet. But uh, it was really cool. And then that was set up through Rob O'Neill as well. Um, he met Howard, was obviously on the show, and then told those guys about me. And they checked out the music and became friends with them. And
0: yeah. So, so that you, was a pretty cool experience. Do you text Baba Booey?
2: No, I don't. I text uh, – who's my buddy up there? <clears throat> I haven't talked to those guys in forever. Steve Brandano, that's my
0: man, oh yeah, they say his name on the show once in a while, yeah, Steve yeah. Brandano, so give me an idea of the flow you said that this has the Tim Montana sound um, is it hillbilly rock? is it American rock and country? How do you define Tim Montana sound and because uh, mostly stone sounds way different than son of a so- son of a song and you know you got a lot of different sounds in my opinion there's country there's rock influence there's there's a lot of different influences in there how do you what's the dictionary definition or is there one
2: i don't know i don't know that, i mean it's just rock country i think you know me being a guy from the woods but it's not like i don't know it's i grew up on rock and you were asking about ZZ Top earlier. If I listened to him when I was a kid, and I, I forgot to mention the first time, first elk I ever killed, I was probably thirteen years old, and we were driving in our ninety four Z seventy one Chevy, and my brothers were smoking cigars in the front seat with the window down, and they're blasting Sharp Dressed Man, and someone's like, "Hey, is that a horse over there in that field?" <laughs> I was like, "They don't have horses in that field," and I bolted out of that truck. And got uh, to where I could take that shot and they never turned the stereo down. And I dropped that off listening to Sharp Dressed Man. And I was like, I told Billy that story. And he's like, Oh, that's a strange story. I've never heard anything quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> How far from the road were you? The game warden wanted to know. <laughs>
0: Say that last part, you but, broke uh, up. Say that last part know. you broke up. <laughs>
2: Oh, I was saying that uh, the game warden wanted to know how far from the road you were. Well, I was 13. Statute of limitations, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, There's I no just game
0: came. wardens in Montana.
2: Yeah, right. I, I am the game warden. <laughs> <laughs> no, the game wardens up there, they'll get you. They're tough,
0: Oh, man. yeah, they're strong. They don't
2: care who you are. There is no uh, friendship there. No. Uh, but I don't know. My music's entrenched in Easy Top and CCR and Charlie Daniels, RIP, and Chris Ledoux. And, but... I don't know this record's like a rock album but it's like it doesn't have that i, don't, I just wanted to be different you know and like nothing against anything current on the radio but i'm just like i want to stand out with like my own thing my own brand like we like to rock out like foo fighters and kid rock but yet you know love waylon and and trying to combine those to have my own sound it mean, kind of a lot of these guys claiming to be outlaw country and they sound exactly like that period of time and that i think that period of time in the 60s and 70s were called Outlaw Country because they sounded different than mainstream. And then guys come out claiming to be outlaw, but they sound exactly like that 60s, 70s, what was outlaw? But I'm like, but what if you came out and you sounded different than mainstream, but you didn't quite sound like that? Maybe this is like, you know, I just want to try to find that right of center or left of center or something to just kind of stick out where you hear a song and you're like, ah, oh boy.
0: But can it, with you saying it's a rock album, will it have potential to be played on today's traditional country music?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the first album I really did. I did a couple songs for the girls, but I did it in a cool way of Gone Looks Better on You than It Does on Me. Like stuff that's like dark cool but like melodic um the bar band is i'm gonna get you like a bar band gets you turned up to 11 when them night moves hit you get you smiling get you laughing like anything can happen damn i want to get you like a bar band gets you and just cool like singing to the girls you know so it's like they're like can you can we find that side of you you've never done that where this bearded guy's trying to you know get get the girls all hemmed up old boy and so
0: (laughs) Well, you so better. we got a
2: couple of them on there where I stepped out of my wheelhouse and I was like, all right, if the worst thing that happens here with me getting label deals, I sing a couple of ballads for the ladies that is still me being the tough guy, the, you know, a little rough around the edges, dude, I'll do it. You know, well, all- my wife's, you know, we got a lot of kids. I might be looking for a new one. You never know. Really? I'm kidding.
0: Are you trading her in? Is this the other announcement you told me about?
2: I'm going to, yeah, I got to get me a new model, (laughs) like my mom, like supermodel, a new (laughs) supermodel,
0: like supermodel. What, um, what are your thoughts on this? If you come to Nashville 14 years ago and something happens and you hit it big when you're young and you don't have a lot of maturity yet, you might fall into a bad path, a bad trap. I don't, I'm not saying that it would have happened for sure, but it seems to me though, like if. You have credibility right now. You do have some celebrity, but you are on the verge of breaking wide open now with worldwide music and tours and support art, you know, being a supporting act and then being a headliner and and getting radio support and getting CMT or iHeartRadio or Spotify and Sirius XM and all this support. It's almost better for a guy like Tim Montana, in my opinion, that you are grounded and you do have that family element in that upbringing. I'm not saying that your upbringing wasn't going to allow you to be rowdy as hell and make some bad, bad decisions, but I think it would have been a lot more potential if this would have happened in the first four or five years you moved to that city. Does that make sense to you all?
2: I would have totally ruined this opportunity if this wouldn't happen (laughs) the, the God of God wouldn't have looked down and said, "Wait till that rowdy someday just thirty five before he gets his opportunity." I'd have probably it would you know it was like when I came here, I listened to my first record, Iron Horse, and I was like singing with an accent, and you couldn't get me out of a cowboy hat, and I was always down at Tootsie's thinking I was a tough guy, just douchebag, you know. And it's like I just grew up a lot, matured a little bit, like that much matured about that much, but I don't know. I think I'm set up now to where we can fly you know, before I may have wasted it. You know, so I think the timing's perfect every time I'm like, oh, I'm thirty-five, what the hell? This is weird getting there at this point, but I don't think Well, it do you know how old
0: Stapleton enough. was when he got there.
2: He was like sixty, wasn't he?
0: Four thirty nine. Good thing
2: you can't sing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's he's probably he's him or Jamie Johnson have gotta be like some of my favorite of all time. Those oh, guys.
2: Right, I got to write with Chris once and I just kinda it was me, Chris, and Billy Gibbons. I just sat in that room and was like, why am I here? It's <laughs> just <This is> amazing.
0: <laughs> Comical you week,
2: Tim. For you to to the occasion, but in your mind, it's like, I'm way out of my league. I'm going to pretend that I'm not. And Chris is singing, and all I'm trying to do is sing into the phone with him, and he's kind of looking at me, and I'm just like, shut up. This is my moment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he does have a guy. I mean, you were back. You were in Nashville long enough to go watch the Steel Drivers, I'm sure. he was. Oh God, he's been amazing him. for a long time.
2: Anyone that listens to Stapleton that doesn't know about the Steel Drivers, you need to go look up the Steel Drivers. I feel like he belted on that stuff more than he does now. Like that just the guitar, you just really hear that raw talent. And apparently it was a thing in Nashville where, you know, he's had a ton of hit songs as a writer, but they'd have to take his voice off shit sometimes because anything he sang would sound like a hit. And then another artist would sing it and it wouldn't be a hit because it was only with his voice that it worked. So they had to, like, to figure out if these songs worked or not. And this might not be true. Someone's going to watch this but That's a lie. But uh, apparently they had to, like, they're like, he sang too good for the demos. He could make a shitty song sound great. And so they had to, like, cut through that and be like, hey, Chris's voice on here is too good. Can we get a normal singer that's, like, normally talented to do this? Because everyone thinks it's a hit. It might not be.
0: Might not be. But What a problem
2: to have, right? Hey, can you stop that? It sounds like a damn number one.
0: It's weird that you say that, though, because he doesn't have many Really what? number one he doesn't have very many number ones as
2: an which, artist no but as a that's what i'm
0: saying fan though fan. is that you think that he could take those songs right. now with without and, and make them number ones and it's like the radio does it's weird how that worked
2: it's, it's like weird. he's in that that club of like they kind of put him over in americana because he's not playing the whole commercial radio game you know and it's just it's sad but it's like, I don't, you know, that guy is such a monster. I mean, he's got, I saw him coming home on tour and he's got tractor trailers and buses. And I'm like, ah, he ain't too worried about it.
0: <laughs> no, him. And I mean, that's, that's like Zach doesn't do the radio stuff anymore really anyway. And he's got a whole yeah. slew of the, I mean, he's got a I think a is like
2: one number one as an artist one. And, and then he's had probably 10 as a songwriter, you know, that he's written for Thomas red and everybody. Darius. Maybe.
0: Yeah. Maybe a few more than that. I mean, he had that big Adele cut. Yeah. That, and then he did. Uh, uh, I love the Steel Drivers when he does Drinking Dark Whiskey, that Gary Allen made a hit. Yeah. Drinking Dark Whiskey, telling white lies. One thing leads to another. Remember that one, Tim? Oh, yeah Don't oh, be yeah. afraid to tell me that I could be a backup singer back there in Nashville down there, huh? Dude, I
2: can't tell if that's a hit or not because your voice is so good. <laughs> <Can> you, like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So another big part of your, your arsenal of partners, you know, you got the black rifle coffees, you got the Polarises. you have an unbelievable network, which is kudos to you for being that type of personality to surround yourself with right people and to be able to, to, Establish those because a lot of people will look at it and go, Oh, you know, they're just, you know, buddies, but you, it, it, it's a really strong talent to have to be able to develop friendships the way that you do, right? The Billy Gibbons or the Charlie Sheens or the Travis Pastranas. And then you got friends that aren't celebrities, right? You got a whole slew of people that you'll jump on my back at a bowling alley or run up and freaking kiss one of the Traeger, you know, guys at, a, at, a, at an event. So, you know, that's really saying a lot. And I think that that comes with that process of staying grounded staying humbled having that upbringing that that makes you realize how blessed you are to be where you are kind of like the theme of the long shots of what we've talked about today um but you have a relationship with traeger that you've established as being a leader a leader in that organization and community and we re- and tons of friendships off of that how serious do you take the barbecue or is it just when the camera goes on you put your apron on tim montana
2: Man, barbecue started, I, was, I used to process a lot of the meat when I was a kid, uh, elk and all that stuff. My stepdad was always, you know, we couldn't afford to go to the butcher, so I learned, but I was very fascinated by it. So then, you know, we didn't barbecue, honestly, we didn't barbecue a lot when I was a kid. Uh, my mom basically fried up elk steaks and whatnot and fish and all that that we catch. But I came to the south and when I moved here in 2006, 2007, like my neighbors were competing and I'm like, oh, that's cute. And I'm like, wow, they're like very aggressive about who's a better cook. Like, Jesus, calm down, guys. And so then I went and bought one of those little cheap Lowe's side cookers. You know, you put the charcoal side Texas smoker things, a couple hundred bucks and just really got into barbecue. And I was like, this is really good. So I legitimately was into that and throwing barbecue parties and cooking ribs and got myself food poisoning once or twice, you know, in the learning process of how to cook it. Um, but then uh, Street Bike Tommy from Nitro Circus introduced me to the Traeger guys. And I just started cooking on it. And one of those deals, like all they did was give me a grill and I just started making content like, Oh man, this thing is awesome. Fell in love with the brand, how easy it is. And, and then that went to the next thing. And then I started performing and then I became one of their influencers. And, I think I and then, four or five years now. I work for those guys on the influencer team. And so I take it very seriously. I, there's certain brands that I couldn't rep and I've been approached by a couple. I'm not going to say any names here of stuff that they'd send me. Like, could you help us with this? And I'm like, I I'm a very genuine, authentic, <laughs> whether that's good or bad to be debated. That's debatable. Um, but In
0: today's world is
2: right. But products they'd send me was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it myself. And I didn't like it. And I wouldn't use it. I'm like, I'm sorry. And, you know, even throwing out a cash figure, I'm like, I, I, just, I don't I can't sell something I don't wholeheartedly believe in. You know, so the brands I work with are on brand, like love riding is love cooking on my Traeger, Black Rifle Coffee. It's veteran owned. It's military. They're into the outdoors. I get along with the guys, and make music together. I mean, all these brands are like fit my umbrella of what I do. You know, I don't know that I could pimp a teeth whitening company, even though I got gorgeous or just tea. See that one's a little wider than that
0: one here. No Copenhagen up in here. uh
2: uh-uh, am trying to quit, son. And I'm not sponsored, but these sunflower seeds been helping me cut that uh cut that tobacco out, man.
0: Well, I I think that sunflower seeds are good for you but they cause the same kind of damage as tobacco does if you keep them really? stuffed. well if you keep them stuffed in your gum long enough that suppression on your gum is probably what causes the cancer the the addiction to the nicotine is what keeps you suppressed when you have the copenhagen in right but then you just start chewing those freaking sunflower seeds i would just i mean i'm not a doctor tim i just be careful yeah just be careful hey
2: random but this is here because i was rearranging the garage i know you're with jack daniels but do you own do you own an inch of property at Lynchburg yet?
0: I have, I have a deed and I have many barons.
2: Oh, you got it dude! So you're saying we share property together? Uh, yes. Did we just go best for Let's go, let's go take our property. We're going to be land we, barons
0: up there. We should go up there. We, exactly. we got
2: two inches up in Lynchburg. Hey!
0: <laughs> <laughs> that place is awesome.
2: Yeah. I so I'm
0: going to say some names and you tell me what you think of these people in short term answers. Danny Bruce
2: beautiful gorgeous man i'd make out with him in front of his wife
0: okay now say something that's not going to make him feel really weird <laughs>
2: <laughs> no denny's a visionary man love like his energy he's he's missed a trigger um so that that energy and passion and drive and how he operates man is he's one of a kind he's a maverick i love him.
0: trevor pardue
2: that is a redneck, hardworking son of a bitch that'll work circles around anybody. And one of my best buddies, just great human being, great father, great role model. He's younger than me, that little bastard, and I can whip his ass and arm wrestle any day of the
0: week. <laughs> Jeremy Andrus.
2: Oh, great guy, visionary, and smart, just like Denny. Um CEO that'll call you on the phone and text you. You know, that that kind of guy that's just like get on the level. And like he went on your podcast, he's supposed to go on mine. We got our wires crossed, but then he called and he's like. Oh my God, I am so sorry. Let's do it right now. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. But just great guy, man. I mean, look at what he's done with brands. He's a, I look up to him a lot.
0: Chad Ward. Oh,
2: talk about romantic. That guy. I thought his cardboard cutout was behind me. I was about to do something weird. I I cut a little glory hole in there. And (laughs) Chad's great, man. That boisterous personality like that. Oh, you can be obnoxious and, and take care of business as well. I mean, that's like my mo too like hey let's be obnoxious but we're seriously serious right now but we're gonna make dick jokes the whole time and we're gonna get business done don't you worry <laughs> love him yeah he's my brother
0: billy gibbons
2: oh my god now i don't go as wild around billy <laughs> but he's you know you gotta you gotta honor the reverend but he's he's great man He's he's been like a father figure to me and sends my kids stuff and it's not just you know, it's not put on at all in our hot sauce fascination. And I genuinely love that man with all my heart. He's done. He's one of the first guys to ever pick me up and, you know, believe in my music and start putting it out there and write songs with me. And I remember when the Stapleton ride happened, I was trying to get with Chris. And obviously, I was nobody and couldn't get it done. And It wasn't no part of Chris. It's just his people, you know, that protect him. His camp it was like, who's Tim Montana? Billy really said, call and use my name. Tell him I want to write with him. And then I was like, oh, and then he goes, and then you sneak in the room. <laughs> it's like, my man.
0: <laughs> Chad Mendez.
2: Oh, just, I could, I, I hate beating his ass and embarrassing him all the time. But other than that, he's an okay guy. I'm coming for him. UFC 243, baby. No, Mendez <laughs> is great, man. I've only actually got to hang out with him once. Uh, and he was riding a pink scooter around Traeger headquarters back before he threw up on the sign. And, I'm pretty sure I threw up right after him on the side.
0: <laughs> Dan Henderson.
2: Oh, dude. Another guy that I just, I hate embarrassing him in the ring, but, you know, outside of that, just a great. <laughs> 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 I love Hendo. He gave me a lecture about, so do you want to be a fighter or do you want to be a musician? Because you like, you get drunk and you try to be both. And, you know, you either need to focus on one or the other. And I'm like, come on, Hendo. You mean I can't do both? <laughs> i'm in a cast and can't perform I'm like
1: why yeah.
0: <laughs> okay so by the time this comes out the record deal will be announced the single won't be announced but are we allowed to hear any new music on this episode
2: oh come on i'll play you something right now son
0: well which one long shots or bar band or what
2: i should play a david lee murphy song
0: yeah i like DLM.
2: honestly i've been so uh We haven't been rehearsing, so I haven't even learned half of these damn songs.
0: COVID, baby.
2: Yeah, we start working again. We start rehearsals again tomorrow. I don't have a pick, but whatever. And this is just that classic, you know, we wrote it with Rob Hatch, David Lee Murphy, Michael Wilshire. But it just feels like a hangover song.
1: Chuck tires need to be rotated My whole I could use a fresh coat of paint Seems like I'm always messing up something I'm always standing there when something breaks Hey, I ain't never been perfect No matter how hard I try Hey, I don't know what you're doing but girl you're doing everything right. Girl, you're doing everything right. There's something about a pair of chrome aviators holding back all that sun bleached hair. They broke mold on the day that they major. you. I guess I just got lucky somewhere. Hey, I ain't never been perfect. No matter how hard I try. Yeah, hey, I don't know what you're doing, but girl, you're doing everything right. Girl, you're doing everything right. You don't have to try Yeah, you make it look easy when it's hard to be mine Hey, I ain't never been perfect No matter how hard I try Hey, I don't know what you're doing But girl, you're doing everything right Hey, I ain't never been perfect No matter how hard I try, yeah, I don't know
0: what you're doing, but girl, you're doing everything right, girl, you're doing everything right. Wow, I like it. It's got that DLM vibe
2: to it. It does. I'm like, shit, how do I sing that and not sound like him? But I'm like, that's because he's good, and all I want to do is sound like him when I sing that.
0: You know, I was going to tell you. I, I, don't, I got sidetracked when we were talking about him earlier. Tim is. Um, I was up in all places in your home state of Darby, Montana, and I was at the uh, the Chainsaw Festival there, Log Cutter Day, Logger's wow. days. Yeah. This was this was last July, and I'm sitting in my buddy John the Monaco's house up on the hill above Darby. And it, it comes over the radio that David Lee Murphy was playing the show that night to for the Saturday night of the loggers event. And I literally could not take my eyes off the set. I was mesmerized. He told the story about every song he played, even if he didn't have them out, but I mean, he played dust on the bottle and the party crowd. And then he played the Al Dean hits with the big green tractor. And I mean, like li- like literally like told the story of every hit he wrote. It was absolutely amazing.
2: Well, that me getting with him was straight up Michael Knox calling and saying, I'm producing this guy, get over there and bring, bring the magic out. And so he came over and he, it was awesome. Cause I'm like, does this guy, you know, he's either going to be one of those dudes that like doesn't party in a square, or he's going to be a guy that's like everything I wanted and more. Nothing against people that don't party, but he showed up with these camo pants on and his hair coming out. He's like, what's up, man, David, and then he sit, like sits down, lays back and sh- I met up with uh, Mark Chestnut Joe Diffie on this tour. We're drinking Jack. And I'm like,
1: yes, Santa Claus <laughs> is real.
0: <laughs> it was a <laughs> yeah, dude, I love his stuff. I mean, I've I said it in a few podcasts in, in the history of this podcast that Dust on the Bottle is quite arguably my favorite. Country. I mean, it's one of the best country songs ever of all time. And man. look
2: at David Lee Murphy's streams. Like, Cause she's go look at his monthly listeners. You're like, Jesus, that guy's like pulling more streams than artists that have had three number ones, like in the last two years. Yeah. And David Lee, like as an artist, like dust on the bottle and party crowd, get played more than shit. That's on the radio. You know, that's, that's amazing. That's cool to see that. Like guys that are that talented, that deserve it, are still getting the recognition they deserve. Still touring, still writing smash hits. Still getting Mark Chestnut hammered. I'm just like, yeah.
0: I love it. I freaking love it. What do you got next? You got another one? You want to? You want to take us out on one, or what do you want?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna do this one. Um, trying to find a pick, but I'll just flat pick it or uh, finger pick it. Hey, I got some new cowboy hats, by the way. How about that, son?
0: Ooh, that's pretty.
2: This guy, Daisy May Hat Company, here in Nashville. I had him put my uh, turquoise. Bill holder, and then he built me this one. He built these in the last two days. He stayed up till like three in the morning, and he burns them with a torch. And I know all my cowboy friends are gonna be like, "Yeah, Tim, you did sell so. out. Uh, you're getting your hat burned." You know, never trust a man without dirt on his boots and sweat on his hat. But hey, man, had to get it set up. All right, this one's called uh, "Cars on Blocks," and it's a little ode to uh, growing up in a trailer house in Montana. And uh, I talk about Uncle Randy. And my Uncle Randy had one eye. And he used to hang out with a bunch of motorcycle gang guys, had a couple bullet holes in him, knife wounds. And when I was at his house and he'd sell people guns and be like, hey, bud, I wouldn't register that if I were you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be mean, like, Jesus Christ. But he died uh, 4th of July, two years ago. And then one of his best friends he introduced me to was this uh, uh, Native American guy, Tom, and he liked to go by Blackfoot Tom because he's from the Blackfoot Reservation. And he'd come down <laughs> and – he welded a, like a 916 socket to like a little metal thing and made this piece pipe. <laughs> he'd be passing that thing around, Uncle Randy's, boy, he'd leave there. So I'm like, these characters you know, that I grew up with, I'm like, I, you know, a lot of those guys are gone. I'm Pat's sober now, but I still go up there and he can uh, break down a Chevrolet engine better than anybody. But it was called uh, Cars on Blocks. And this is
0: on the new album.
2: Uh, yep.
1: Randy, fresh out the clink, couldn't flush it all down the bathroom sink. Don't give a damn about what you think, and that's just the way it is. And yeah. old Blackfoot Tom comes down from the rest. Peace fabs smelling like the grave for dead. Give him a beer, he might give you a hit. And that's just the way it is. We well, are where the buffalo roam Where we ain't got to buy, Cause we grew our own Know how to keep them good times from and make a little bit of something From a whole lot of nothing Scratching to the middle, middle finger to the top Houses on wheels and the cars on blocks Way Way out Headbone hound howling at the ridge, tall boys chilling in a front porch fridge, sparky working on a carburetor, putting in a pinch. That's just the way it is. Way out where the buffalo roam, where we ain't got a bite, so we grow our own. Don't have to keep them good times, come and make a little bit of something from a whole lot of nothing. Sketch you do a middle, middle finger to the top. Houses on wheels, cars on blocks, way out Way out Black smoke rolling out a tin roof shack Oh glory on a flag, pole rifle in the rack You've been here once, you're gonna wanna come back And that's just the way it is well, where the buffalo roam, where we ain't got to bite, so we grow our own. Know how to keep them good times coming. Make a little bit of something from a hole lot of nothing. Scratching to the middle, middle finger to the top. Houses on wheels and the cars on blocks. Where, well. where, well. and if you don't like it, you can kiss my ass, and that's just the way it is.
0: boy i'm telling you right now that that has got long-haired country boy charlie daniels influence all over it right there
2: oh yeah yeah those are actually i told you i'm like a record's like a rock record and i played you the two like country songs on the album
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's got a little hillbilly rock to it though
2: oh yeah once you hear the production on it man it's funny it's good. Everyone's like, "Can you say Blackfoot Tom?" And I'm like, "He's a Blackfoot Indian, and he prefers to go by Blackfoot Tom." You want to call him and ask permission?
0: Yeah. Why? Yeah, you shouldn't even have to ask. That I know. Is, that's awesome, man. Congratulations.
2: Thank you, man. Appreciate that.
0: You're excited for it, huh?
2: Oh yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. So,
0: are you? Uh, are you thinking that we might hear something on the radio in 2020?
2: I think something might start on the radio in 2020. I think the album definitely will not be out till 2021. Um, but they said they're like everything about you and your signing is going to be completely different than anything we've ever done before. So that being said, they're just like, "Oh, Tim's gonna run and get some random opportunity that's gonna force his album in front of everybody else." If they're like convinced that I'm gonna do something wild. Which I mean, that stuff just happens, you know. And I think it's cause I take every opportunity and follow everything and you know, any hunch I get, I chase it and you know, we might be able to get it out sooner. I don't know, but I'm gonna, I'm going to follow their lead. They know what they're doing, but, uh, we're gonna do some weird stuff as well. So.
0: So what's next on the calendar besides the album? Is there anything else that we have looking forward to, to come out of the Tim Montana empire, the campaign, the platform, anything else? Uh-
2: The record, this TV thing we're working on, not a lot of details on that yet. You know, maybe another Velocity Outdoor episode. Go check out the one with Lee Bryce. Um, Hot sauce. I got my cigar line at Big Sky Cigars. And, uh, yeah, I'm always working on random stuff. We're we're adding some more stuff to our line. Uh, We're talking about some barbecue sauce, some rub. We're adding apparel to it. Billy's actually been drawing up photos or pictures for the shirts they are amazing people don't know that billy does all the pinstriping on the cars guitars the dude's art is like next level like jesus <laughs> he's at home just like painting stuff and you're like is it not enough that you can play the guitar better than pretty much anybody and now you have to draw pictures
0: <laughs> yeah some people Incredible. are just renaissance yeah. man it pisses me off oh yeah Hard work, man. Genetics, maybe, but he's got to have that work ethic. All right, let's end it by you taking us out with one. Tim Montana, thank you very much. TimMontana.com. Which one do
2: I want to do?
0: What's the website?
2: TimMontana.com. WhiskerBomb.com for hot sauce. Big
0: Sky
2: cigars for them cigars. And Pornhub for other stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then old boy is what?
2: Uh, that's just, if you go to Tim Montana apparel, you can find all the old boy stuff. We're going to, me and uh, Chad are going to put some thought into that. We don't have a lot of products out. That's kind of, we've been hustling on other fronts, but it's out there. got to find it.
0: Okay. And, uh, Instagram is at Tim Montana. Facebook is Tim Montana. Your record, we hope to hear soon, a single on the radio. Congratulations, Tim Montana. Thank you for coming on This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. Any closing words before you tell us what song you're going to play us out with today?
2: Well, David Lee Murphy brought this to the room, and he said, the key to hard living is to do it fast. And I think that's my advice, babies. Put the throttle
1: down, don't look back. Key to hard living is to do it fast. Some old wise man said, in a roadside bar Strap yourself in Try and follow that star If you break the law Don't get caught You gotta ride that thing Till the wheels fall off If you got to stay up and do it all night long Driving through life like you can't go wrong Put the throttle down and don't look back. Keep a hard living, it's do doing it fast. He said life is short. It's like a good cold beer. You got to turn it up before you're out of here. Come on. If you're going to stay up and do it all night long, driving through life like you can't go wrong. The hard living is to do it fast. Take you to the limit, take you one more time. Be the ball of fire at the finish line. Put the dollar down and don't look back. The key to hard living is to do it fast. Do- Ride ride, ride that wind Like you're never gonna get it back again Ride, ride, ride that wind You say go and baby I say when Come on! If you're going to stay up and do it all night long, drive through life like you can't go wrong. Put the hammer down and don't look back. The key to hard living is to do it fast. Take you to the limit, take you one more time. Be the bottle fine, finish line. Put the hammer down and don't look back. The key to hard living is to do it fast. Hey now,
0: damn it, boy! Thank you, Tim Montana. Any closing words before I cut you off, my man? You got a photo shoot to get ready for. You need to trim that beard, uh, dude. I
2: tried to get this beard trimmed today, and no one will do it because of damn COVID. But we got the old setup here.
0: Look at that—that
2: that old Polaris in front of my beer fridge.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, congrats, man. Let me know how it goes, and uh, keep us posted on the album release. And uh, proud for you, brother. Good job.
2: All right, man. Thanks for having me out. I appreciate
0: it. That's Tim Montana. This has been another episode of this Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. Please continue to support the sponsors and partners that support us. Thank you all so much for the downloads and the subscriptions. Thank you, Tim Montana. We will see you guys soon.
1: I'd rather be living off in a hole soul Life on earth won't last too long So what you don't do when the money's all gone yeah, but now...